Hello, welcome to Nerdry. This is yet another episode by Trinity because, hey, it's my podcast. It'd be weird if somebody else did it. Um, I haven't posted in a while, so I figured it was about time. And guess what? I have another special guest today. It is my very, very special friend, Elvira. You might remember her from a previous episode um, where I (laughs) learned some interesting things about stuff I didn't know before. So I'll let you listen to that and figure that out. But uh, so I hope you're ready for a wild episode. I have no idea where this is going to go. We're just going to chat and uh, invite you to listen in. Have fun. Okay, so welcome to episode number eight. This is Trinity and my uh, friend who I have given the code name Elvira. Um, I did use your code name when I introduced yes. her. Okay. <laughs> Brain farting already. It has been a very long two days. So say hello to my, you know, my one listener. Hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm sure they're answering you right now. Uh, <laughs> they're like, oh, I'm good, Elvira. How are you doing? Super glad that I got out of that place when I did. Uh, she still works for the company that I used to work for before my current company, which I left because they're a big corporation that doesn't give a shit about you. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's just getting worse and worse. So that's great. Um, I think that's where a lot of people are. I'm, I'm very fortunate to work for the company that I do work for because they're pretty cool. Um, but that's that's just like the exception that makes the rule. That is by no means something that most people can expect. Um, so you were going to tell me something about the difference between uh, sex education in the past versus, you know, more recent sex education or lack thereof. Well, what I was saying is just that it was reflecting back when we discussed dental dams and the <laughs> fact that you just, oh, you just went there. Okay. Yeah, you just had this, the look on your face and um, and having to break down and educate you, both me and Blue, and I'm just can, like... Can you do an impersonation of the look on my face? Because I don't know how I looked at that moment. <laughs> oh, that I looked terrified and scared? Like, both of those things. I was what scarified. What is a dental dam? It's a piece of latex that you put over. You're like, oh my God. That sounds so unsexy. Well, you know... The thing is, with safe sex, is... It's unsexy. It's unsexy because, <laughs> I don't know about you, but condoms are not the most attractive thing oh God, in the world. No. Um, and, and it's all funny and awkward, and but that's part of the experience. Because and it kind of feels like someone's like making love to you with a rubber glove. Well, they are. That's <laughs> yeah. why they're called rubbers. Um, I almost expect like a... <laughs> that's why you gotta get... It's, like, it's all about the lube. Yeah. There are ones where it's just kind of like a stiffer, like it's even stiffer. Yeah, and, and oh. uh, yeah. So it's there's like 
What's it made out of? I, it's like polyethylene, or there's there's some different. It's like plastic. It's it's pretty much. That's what it feels like. Um. Mm. So that's like getting. That's like. That's worse than a rubber glove. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> it is. It, it's not very comfortable, and it's you know talk about awkward because it's just like. All right, all right, all right. Let's get it on. This is, wow. But yeah, but the whole thing with it, they're not, it, it's awkward. And I know that's a lot of reasons why people don't use it, but you have to use it for sexual health because nothing is less sexy than getting an STD and, or finding out you're going to, you have HIV and you're going to kick the bucket. And here starts the educational portion of our sex ed talk. <laughs> well, so, there's a different element. I had the luxury, because, you know, we had to have that awkward class where they talked about, um, you know, you sit there and you have, like, the basic information. You've got the awkward, um, the awkward teacher trying to, and you got the teenage boys that are just laughing. You're putting the condoms on the bananas. Yes, and like... like <laughs> I never I, got to do that. I'm so disappointed. Well, the lady that actually... That we had we had a couple different things that they did. One, they brought in a lady that was kind of a nurse, and she was sex, sexual educational. And I remember the demonstration because she was... To demonstrate the elasticity of the condom, she actually put it over her feet. Right. And and so... They're, was, they're quite stretchy, Yes, I so, have found. <laughs> so that was that situation, and then... You know, we had like the basic biological, and then, and then my final year, the final year that they they said, because I wound up having such education like two or three times. It wasn't just like a one time, wham bam, thank you, ma'am. It was not multiple <laughs> thing. Sometimes that's fun. Um, it is. <laughs> you just gotta be properly protected. Um, so yes, mom. <laughs> but uh, we actually sat with the teacher, and they asked, and the the lady that she was pretty much an open progressive you know she asked us what we wanted to learn about and so we sat down and we learned about the male anatomy and we learned a little bit more about some particular things meanwhile the boys had were in the room with the gym teacher and he was all awkward embarrassed red-faced they were just doing like <laughs> like like straight clinical like you know label the stuff and so um, so, you know, I was given a lot of stuff, and when you talked about some, you know, safe sex practices and stuff like that, um, and actually what you'll find out in a lot of today's education in high schools, teachers can't talk about those things. They actually have to be asked questions about it in order for it to be discussed. So it's kind of like trying to promote abstinence by denying information. Oh, God, don't even talk to me about the whole abstinence education bullshit I that is so absolutely frustrating to me because it's literally just willfully ignoring a giant part of human biology which is teenage hormones you can't get around it I'm sorry they're going to have sex they're going to they're going to go out and touch each other and do things you cannot stop it and to sit there and literally give them no information in the hopes that well if they don't know anything they can't do anything if they think it's bad, then then hopefully they'll just not do it. It obviously hasn't worked. It has clearly not worked. Pregnancy well, rates are... Teenage pregnancy rates are higher in any area where they promote abstinence-only education. It's just a fact. Well, and, the, and it's interesting because like when they... 
the whole thing with Epstein's um, only and stuff like that and denying knowledge is the assumption that they're just not going to do it. But this is also the time frame where you're the most explorative of yourself. So you're going to want to explore those venues, especially when you start finding out it feels good. Mm-hmm. And now if you come to us from a small town where there's nothing else to do except tipping <laughs> cows and your parents are telling you not to do it, by God, you're going to goddamn do Hello. it. Um, you're going it, to, it's, this is what's going to happen. And Rebellion! Viva la resistance! <laughs> well, the thing is, is the fact that, that our fertility levels are, you know, people are becoming more fertile at a younger age because we have a more robust, milk. robust economy and stuff like that. It's just better living conditions than we back in the old days. So, yeah. so plus all the hormones and, and the food that we're eating and well, shit like yeah, that. Growth hormones. No. Men won't have tits because they can't fill up enough. <laughs> so. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> Uh, I tell you, like, lately, I've been feeling like I'm a teenage boy, and I'm like, I understand your pain now. I get it. <laughs> well, but see, that's another interesting fact. It's like, everybody assumes women have no sex drive. Oh, no. And that, and that we don't talk about it. Guess what? We do talk about it. We talk about it with all our friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and we like sex just as much as Just because we don't want to have sex with you doesn't mean we don't want to have sex. And that's a lesson I learned the hard way. Um, and, you know, I, I, I've been told uh, by multiple people that 30s is generally when women hit their sexual peak. Um, men are a little earlier. We just kind of miss each other. Well, and that's and shit. Actually, I've heard it's 40s. 30s to 40s. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you just you get the drive for it. And, yeah. Um, and I think... It's interesting. I, I think it is. We just sort of miss each other. Um, but I think, you know, at a younger age, all the blood flow is going to one area. So, I mean, there's really not... I mean, I, you know, I, I, I enjoy... Caution can only operate one head at a time. <laughs> exactly. And, and by all means, I, it's, I, I'm not a man-hater. I've been called that and all that. I enjoy men. I enjoy ones that stimulate me mentally. And not just on a physical level. If you're just gonna do something physical, then I'm not gonna give you the courtesy of like, like, like acknowledging it as a grown person. I mean, that's it's about a little bit of self-respect. Yeah, I mean, it, the way I view it nowadays is a man is just a person. You are a person. A man is a person. You just you have differences between just like any other person. There's is just also physical. But it's, I, I never look at it as like, I mean, for for the women out there who feel like, oh, all men are shit or all men are terrible or who are actual man haters, that's half the damn population. And I'm sorry, but you can't stick them all in a box. You just can't. They're all extremely different, just like we are. So I, I that that whole thing just, it, it honestly pisses me off because I, I don't like people who decide that an entire, you know, half of of the human population is just shit because they had a couple bad experiences. Sorry, your sample size is not enough to write off an entire gender. It's just not. So, and and, and not to exclude LGBTA or any of those folks, it's basically coming down to personal attraction and mm-hmm. um, 
self-respect and personal respect and being able to respect the other person and and having getting that back in return and then also not picking past experiences on the person you're seeing now because that's hard you've already started it's a downslope you're you're giving somebody a hill to climb and not even meeting them at the door just telling them yeah here climb up the hill and you, I've, you've got to magically make me believe that you're going to be there. I think you have to actively work to to avoid that because people tend to do that naturally. They associate actions and objects with feelings that were associated with those things in the past or things that were similar. So you'll take somebody who had an extremely terrible relationship with, we'll say, somebody who was a redhead. And now they've sworn off redheads for the rest of their lives. Well, okay. That's your prerogative, but that doesn't mean that every redhead that's out there deserves to be treated like that one crazy redheaded ex that you have. That sort of a thing. It's 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 hard not to do it. Um, if you catch yourself doing it, then think about like, is this really fair to this person or this situation? Like somebody who avoids any restaurant that reminds them of a bad relationship that they had, for example. Well, you're missing out on a potentially great experience because you had a bad experience at a different restaurant that was similar or maybe that same restaurant or another one of the same name you know something like that um just to name an example it's it's really easy for us to automatically slip into that you have to proactively catch yourself in in the act of that i think it's okay to to have those initial feelings like just like when somebody's giving you feedback on something you initially feel defensive you can't really help how you initially react it's how you respond and what you do with those feelings and whether or not you, you catch yourself and you try to, to change it around. Same kind of a thing. But So, one, redheads are sexy and I <laughs> will take a redhead any day of the week because they are fucking hot. I mean, I have met some very not sexy redheads, but there are a lot of sexy redheads. Yeah, but they tend to be freaks too, so those are <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, Maybe they have to be, but they don't have a choice. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> no, let's, let's bring out the handcuffs right now. Let's go. Um, <laughs> uh, I do have some. Uh, <laughs> um, That's yeah. as wild as I get, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> don't take this the wrong way. Um, as for <laughs> negative, like being stuck in negative connotations, the thing is, is yeah, you gotta be active aware, but you also have to give yourself time. Because sometimes things are so painful. Like, I mean, my baby daddy, uh, that whole crap went down. He lived in Tacoma. I voted Tacoma for a good portion. I still don't go there a lot because the residual and stuff. You avoided Tacoma? Yeah, I still do. I don't I don't actively go there just because the experiences are still there. And so now I'm not... So I understand that you can't completely disregard it and that you could be missing out on some stuff. Um, so you have to maybe take the time to heal and then maybe do those. But it's really, you shouldn't limit yourself, but you've got to give yourself time to heal. Um, yeah, and that also brings up another another way to deal with that. So um, one person who I haven't talked about yet on this podcast was... Uh, the guy, um, the last guy I had, um, had multiple dates with, and when I mean multiple, I mean I think we, we got together like six or seven times, and we spent probably a good hundred hours together, and I was really very into him. I, I mentioned him maybe once, and, um, 
we we had spent a lot of time together in Seattle in a lot of different areas, but it, uh, mostly in West Seattle. And um, unfortunately, going to Seattle a lot is something that you kind of have to do if you want to like hang out and do cool things and go to events and stuff like that. So I've I've been back to Seattle multiple times since then, um, since uh, and I'm I'm giving him the code name Happy. I'm not gonna go into why right now, but. Um, Happy and I basically had been talking for two months. We had gone on multiple dates. Um, things had seemed like they were potentially going to be serious. Uh, we both had admitted that we really liked each other. And then out of the blue, he just said he didn't want to try and make it work anymore. Um, and it caught me off guard and it was kind of painful. And I'm, I'm, I'm still got a little bit of whiplash from that. Um, so sometimes when I'm in Seattle and I'm going past, like I was just going past the other day and I actually passed by the place where um, you and me and Happy had met the last time we were all together mm-hmm. and uh, instantly felt very sad. <laughs> and I was just like, oh yeah, that was a good day. I guess that's never happening again. And I just went to a really dark place and I was just like, I think exposure to those things, small amounts of exposure can also help. You need to desensitize yourself to it. You need to go and see that I can go past this building. I can go look at this thing. I can go spend time in this area, even though when I go here, it kind of hurts me or makes me feel sad because the place didn't do anything to me. And this place can still bring me joy. I can turn this into something good again. Um, and sometimes you don't have a choice in the matter. You, you have to find a way to make peace of it because it might be somewhere you have to go. Um, and so I was trying to look around and find the good and where I was at and thinking like, you know what? Right across the street is an area that I actually would like to go to. So I'm going to make myself come back here and check it out. Even though coming here makes me feel kind of sad because all I can think about is like, why didn't this work out? I don't understand. Well, and, and on the flip side, this is still fairly new, this whole thing. I think as time progresses, it's going to it's gonna wane and it's going to keep just that giving the time yeah. And healing, you're going to be able to hit, hit those areas again. And maybe at that time, you'll have somebody else. And you'll look at these spots, and you'll look at the situation. And, well, he was a fucking schmuck. And <laughs> and that was pretty much it. Because, I mean, dating itself, is the whole process is risk. It's risk management and vulnerability and allowing somebody close and... It is rolling the dice over and over and over again. You are constantly taking gambles. You are constantly putting in your all, taking time and energy and effort to show somebody, you know, all the good sides of you so that they get to see who you are and want to meet up with you. And then by the time you meet up or by the time you've hung out a while, then maybe you realize, oh, this isn't working. And then shit, you have to start all over again that it's a it's a lot of time and it's a, like like you were saying it's a lot of rolling of the dice. Um, a crit fail all the time on my D twenty. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it's like well, I, sometimes it rolls like it's a high number, and then you look over and it's like, oh, is that dirt? Oh shit, it was like a one, or just like it was stuck on the side, and you're sitting there on the fence for a bit, and then it goes thunk. Mm. Not like, the number I, I wanted. <laughs> this guy was really into me. He's got a cute dog, but. He also has to be high every single second of the day to, yeah. to function. I mean, that's, you 
Or this guy's really nice to me. He's funny. He talks to me. He actually keeps in contact with me. And then I go meet him and, oh, it turns out he's like a raging alcoholic and he has anger issues. Great. That's just great. This Wonderful. Is fun. But at least he texts me. I don't know. Like, what the fuck? Like, like oh, this is false. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, the dating world today. And, and here's the thing. It's like, you're, you've been in the dating world for how long right now since this last? Five months. Five months. I've been in it. It's such a long five months, let me God, tell you. It's like, it just makes you feel haggard uh, after a while. And then, but then look at me. More like slightly defeated, but I'm I'm not defeated yet. I still have my fighting spirit. I'm, well, you should, you should, you're still young enough and you're still not jaded enough. Where, look at the flip coin where you've got a jaded old broad sitting across from you <laughs> that's trying to do this. But you're still trying. I am still Jeez, trying, good. And, I'm, and, and like, look, look at my my success rate. It's not going very well. <laughs> I mean, the only you know, unless your kid can you know consider having an illegitimate kid, like a, a positive <laughs> bonus. Um, but Maddie's a great illegitimate kid. <laughs> he is. He's very smart. He keeps you grounded. Um, he keeps Even if he does up. make you a little insane, it's fine. He's it's a okay. teenager now, so. Oh God, I'm sorry. Yeah, we all should start apologizing now. <laughs> um, you should apologize for not knowing everything like he does, first of all. <laughs> uh, no, I apologize that he's 13 years old and he's got my attitude. It took me 41 years to, to perfect this level of sarcasm <laughs> and cynicism. And now I've got developed a 13-year-old the... that mimics it back to me. And I'm just like, you don't have, you haven't even started life. You right. get over yourself. Yeah, you gotta work on developing that uh, human persona of Sarcastica font. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, oh, I feel sorry for the world that has to get him when he's full grown. <laughs> he is gonna be delivering one-liners. Yeah, watch out, world. He's gonna tell you all about buses. <laughs> he's got it down. And water sprinklers. Oh. Tape up your your uh, lights in your home so he's not flashing them on and off. <laughs> oh. Brings a whole but new hey. meaning to flashing. But hey, but but, but in this today's world, that could just be a great party. Favorite, yeah, right there. Just Divide tell them, them to keep your glow sticks handy. Make sure you get a little like disco ball, some strobe lights, perhaps. I do have some some changing LED bulbs in here. So like we could, we could rave it out. It'll be great. It'd be like Alexa, let's party. Oh shit, Annie. What's she gonna do? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear that, but that's amazing. She's fucking beatboxing. <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> this is great. Holy shit, I've never asked her to do this. She's still going. She's going. Go, Alexa. It's your birthday. Go, Alexa. Hey, that I, was pretty awesome right there. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to have to set up some sort of a, a crazy system to whenever I do that, yeah, lights lower, it flashes for a little bit, and then as soon as she ends, everything goes back to normal, and I'd be like, what? What are you yeah, like? <laughs> just look at you just... Totally deadpan. Yeah, you're like what? You didn't expect this. <laughs> yes. So. But, oh God. Oh, that was great. That was a good break. Yeah. 
That, yeah. that refreshed me. That um, revitalized me. I feel like I can start life anew. Stop licking my knee. Sugi, stop it. The tickles. But I like licking your knee. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, with that, we're going to take a short recess. <laughs> no, not like that. She's not like it. Stop it. <laughs> tickles. Stop it. Okay. I'm, this, it's, I'm talking about my dog. My dog is licking me, not my friend. I mean, my dog is my friend, but my friend is not. Okay. I'm going to stop here. <laughs> Shh. Just go with it. So. Um, hmm. Well, okay. <laughs> so. Uh, initially, what what um, we were talking about was the whole uh, sex education thing, and uh, this this was brought up because of a discussion we were having earlier before I actually started my podcast. And you learned a little bit about what it was like for Elvira. Mine was very different. I don't have the the best memory. My memory is kind of shite, but um, what I do remember is watching a video this was the what mostly made up my sex education um was was videos that we watched <coughs> excuse me and it was mostly about how to avoid getting stds and the one that stuck with me that i never forgot was like this like i feel like it was a parody i don't think it was being serious i think it was a joke video or it was initially a real video that my teacher played as a joke but it was in black and white, or at least I'm pretty sure it was in black and white. Maybe my memory's just in black and white because I'm not fucking old. No, um, the that's so much anger. That's the anger part of my energy podcast. Um, <laughs> they had a video where it was mostly a um, this kind of like chubby little boy, um, maybe around like nine, ten, somewhere around there, maybe a little older, uh, and he was going around talking about. Uh, the ways that he believed you could get um, HIV. And they were all completely wrong. And <laughs> it kept on showing this little kid and he was like going onto a bus. And he said, did you know that if you sit on the same seat as someone else that had HIV, you'll get AIDS and die. And he kept on saying things like that over and over and over again. If you drink out of the same glass as someone else who has HIV, you'll get AIDS and die. And it, it was just... Basically, this is all I remember from my sex ed class. That's what I got out of it. And this is not very helpful to me because, first of all, it's inaccurate information. But also, um, clearly this overshadowed whatever good information I actually may have gleaned from that. Um, I don't remember learning about the anatomy. It's very possible that I was taught some of this, but it was, it was very minuscule. I don't remember learning much about the male anatomy. I do remember flashes... Uh, I have, like, flashes of images of, like, what the inside of, like, the male organ looks like. That's what I have. The lymph male organ. Um, <clears throat> and I remember, like, showing, like, you know, this is this red stuff is, like, the blood. And the, these blue line things are, like, these really important veins or whatever. And then here's, you know, the balls with all that junk going on in there. And, like, that's not helpful to me. None of this is very helpful is, is to me. Because um, <laughs> um, where the fuck did you go to have sex education at? Um, I don't remember.
remember, I want to say this was my middle school, because I sure as fuck did not get um, any kind of sex education in high school. I would have remembered that. That would have been recent enough. My my memories are more clear from high school. Um, I don't know. A, a lot of what I latched onto were things that either made me laugh or struck me as odd. Um, I didn't latch on to much else beyond that. Uh, it, it could have been I was uncomfortable, or it could have been I found it boring, or I didn't find it um, particularly useful or helpful information at the time. When I was learning about sex ed, it was around the time that um, boys just did not like me. I, I was an outcast. It wasn't until I hit somewhere around 8th or ninth grade, all of a sudden I was super cool. Um, me and my style and the way that I dressed that everybody hated, all of a sudden they loved it. They loved the plaid skirts and the big platform boots and the, the fishnet leggings and the different colored hair every week and the, you know, like the, the safety pins all over my jackets and, and the patches and shit. Like, I was suddenly super fucking cool and everybody wanted to get to know me and it was cool that I was a dork and it was cool that I liked to dress weird and it was cool that I was like really into like rock music and I liked to write lyrics and and that I could sing and and that my mom owned a coffee shop and you know it was just suddenly like the cool kid and people would come up to me kids from school that I never met before and they're like oh you're Trinity and I'd be like yeah that's me who are you (laughs) I don't even know who you are people knew me by name um yeah so that was when all of a sudden I got really interested in the idea of Anything pertaining to sex whatsoever was when I actually had any kind of opportunity. So, and, and that's uh, that's the time that they chose not to give you any. Exactly. Um, that was when I was more interested in it. Now, granted, so my first my first couple of experiences um, that were sexual were not good ones. They were when I was um, a little too young to understand what was going on, and it was mostly me being taken advantage of. The first time I was actually. Um, being, you know, sexually active with a boy that I wanted to be sexually active with was around, I, it was like 12 or 13 or 13 or 14, something like that. I, the, the guy that I was dating at the time, who turned out to be just kind of a real shithead, um, hmm, what should I call him? Shithead is just too on the nose. Uh, oh God, let me call him, is it too mean to nickname him Four Inches? No, okay, I'm not gonna do that. Um, <laughs> I want to say, uh, I'll, I'll call him, um, I'll call him Beanpole because he was real skinny. Um, so Beanpole and I dated for two years and, um, and he was a teenage boy. So he had a lot of hormones. He was very like, wanted to be all over and touching and kissing and all that stuff. And this was my first experience with a boy that I liked that I wanted to let do that. And then I wanted to you know, reciprocate. And I was very naive, I was very young, it was my first time doing anything like that. And so it was mostly kissing, touching, mostly on the outside of the clothes. Um, It was me giving what my um, roommate Blue refers to as an old-fashioned. I didn't even know what that was until recently. I'm oblivious to a bunch of shit. Um, That was the majority of it. There was also, you know, he did things to me as well. But he wanted to go further than that, and I wasn't ready. I, I was scared about it, um, and I, I wasn't sure that I wanted to do that with him. I wasn't sure that I... I felt like I wasn't old enough. I just just wasn't right for me at the time. And that was initially um, what 
broke us up because he decided that it must mean I'm, I don't love him. And because he had all these girls flirting with him and he was apparently like cheating on me with them. I didn't find out about that until later. Um, and he was skipping school with these girls and hanging out with them at their houses and doing what, who knows what. Um, and one of the girls that he had been talking to behind my back had basically told Mr. Beanpole that I must not love him because I'm not having sex with him. Keep in mind, I'm like a 13 year old girl. (laughs) And, um, and he broke up with me saying like that, you know, I, I feel like that's the case. And I, I was crushed. I was really upset because I didn't know that was the reason at the time. When he broke up with me, he called me and he was very robotic and he just said, we're not going to be together anymore. And I was trying to ask him questions and I'm crying and he wouldn't answer me. And then, you know, he just said, I'm sorry, it's over. And he hung up. And then we didn't talk for two days. And then he saw me at school and he was looking very apologetic and we like avoided each other, but I, I kept on like, you know, stealing lessons to him and vice versa. And then for the next couple of days, he kept on trying to call me like crazy. And I wanted to answer, but my mom wouldn't let me. She's like, no, he doesn't get to talk to you. One of the few things that my mom did when I was younger that I felt was um, probably a good thing that she did for me uh, that I didn't like. But yeah, um, eventually, uh, it was like a week later, I did get back together with him. Again, not knowing the initial reason why he broke up with me. So I pushed him. And a few days later, he finally admitted why. So then I broke up with him and I never got back together with him because I'm like, fuck you. I am not going to put up with that. That is bullshit. You've been lying to me. Um, I deserve better than that. And, uh, and I wasn't, you know, I, I have a, a pretty high tolerance for being walked all over. I'm kind of a big pushover and I give people a lot of chances and I'm an understanding person, but I do have my limits and I will stand up for myself. There, there is a line you can cross. Um, he crossed it. So, so I broke up with him. That was my first experience with anything sexual. thinking about um go ahead and and going ahead and talking about the last two dates that I went on um because I I haven't talked about them here and she hasn't heard about them so uh the nickname that I came up with for one of them um is Mr. Irony and I can't tell you why it's ironic but just trust me it is um so there was one guy that I talked to, and I, I'm, I'm starting to create a rule, by the way. Um, I decided that I'm not going to sit there and talk to a guy for weeks and weeks and weeks without meeting him or talking to him on the phone and building up this, this great rapport and relationship and stuff, and then meeting him being very disappointed because there's no chemistry, there's no physical attraction whatsoever. And um, There have been one or two times where it's been like a hard like pass for me almost immediately and I just don't know what to do about it and I don't want to be a jerk and I want to give it a chance um so uh on on this one it wasn't immediately a a hard pass for me I wasn't sure how I felt at first but it turned into a I I, I can't do it kind of thing um I've been talking to him for a little bit um I I liked this guy because he was very honest extremely honest very for forthright with me um from the beginning um admitted you know what what kind of um 
you know, casual relationships he was having with other girls and wanted to uh, just basically get everything out in the open. And I liked that. Um, it made me feel comfortable being extremely honest as well. Um, we talked about how we'd both been um, married in the past and how we both um, uh, had, hard, had a hard go of it since then and, and a bunch of other things. Um, he also had mentioned that he had a friend with benefits. Uh, I was like, alrighty, um, I'm glad that you feel comfortable telling me that, and he made sure to let me know that it would, it would, you know, end the moment he became exclusive to somebody, which, of course, would be the route to go <laughs> if you wanted to do things right, so I appreciated that. Um, yeah, anyway, so I, I did meet up with him, and, um, and there were, uh, there were some things that, that really put me off. It was mainly, it was it was his mannerisms and um and his voice unfortunately and some of the things that he said that made me feel like he was kind of a negative person um and also um there was a thing where I found out that he just doesn't really listen to or care about music all that much and that's that one was a a big one for me because music is a core part of who I am I literally have a tune in my ear all the time I'm constantly listening to music I'm constantly singing I love going to karaoke I love writing lyrics I love sharing music with people like sharing music with somebody that I'm with is really important to me when I was with Goofy I um I spent years like trying like really hard to get him to to connect with me over music and it just never happened because he was he had a very 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 limited set of things he would listen to it was like maybe like 12 bands and they're all like angsty metal bands like that's all he would listen to and I liked all of them as well for the most part there was like one or two that I just like wasn't really into but um I mean like I said I have a pretty wide palette for music but he didn't like any of the music that I liked I couldn't share music with him half the time I'd send him a song and be like hey I, I found this new song we listen to it and he'd go no wouldn't even listen to it wouldn't even give it a chance and then he would he'd give it like five songs like no I hate it it's stupid I don't like the singer blah, blah, blah. it just he didn't like any of the music that I liked, and it felt like he didn't like it just because I liked it and I shared it with him. It became a sort of a resentment thing for me. So I just, I, I didn't want to put myself back into that because music is so important to me. Um, he also, um, going back to talking about um, Mr. Irony, um, he also had mentioned that, um, that he was in the middle of working on getting a degree. And um, until he finished that, which would be several years from now, he didn't want to get too serious with anybody. So I'm like, okay, like I, within three years, I'm probably going to feel pretty serious. And then he said at the end of that, his job may take him away somewhere. He may not even stay in Washington. I'm like, it's pretty likely I'm going to want to stay in Washington, with the exception of maybe moving to another country that's just better than this, which isn't hard to find. Um... And even then, that would be be a hard sell because I, my whole life is here. My friends are here. My family's here. I, I I love this state. I love how green it is. I love the mountains. I love how much there's to do here. I love the the progressiveness. I, I love um, Seattle because you literally always have something to do, and you have a lot of like-minded, artsy people here. You know, it's just it, it's a great state. I I absolutely adore this state and. I'm really attached to my connections with people here. Like, I would be leaving you behind. I'd be leaving um, my other best friend behind. I'm trying to have a code word for her now that I think about it. She is a code. Mm, 
code name for other best friend. Geez, I can't believe I have one yet. I'm going to call her um, Frog. Um, yes, Frog. Sorry. <laughs> it cracked me up just saying that for some reason. Yeah, um, Frog I'd known since high school. You I'd known since my last job. So it's been, what, 12 years? Um, my, my mom, my stepdad, uh, my, my job that I love, um, I don't know, and, and, and tons of, like, uh, other people that I'm not as close with, but I would be sad to, to leave, um, my one co-worker that I hang out with, Panda, um, yeah, I don't know, I just, it was, it was all those things put together that made me realize, like, yeah, this is not gonna work. And so I, I thought about it for a day. I wanted to mull it over. And, um, and then I sent Mr. Irony a text saying, like, hey, there's just, this is not going to work for me. And, and I, I was honest when I said it comes down to chemistry. It's, um, that was the first thing that came to my mind. It was like I wasn't feeling attracted. That's a big deal for me. i got to feel attracted to you if I'm going to date you. Um, and I just wasn't feeling it, unfortunately. So let him know and he was really cool about it which I really appreciated still I never had an issue with him he was always a, a nice cool honest guy still is um that's great and I, I I do hope he finds somebody but I was pretty disappointed because um I was really looking forward to meeting him and hoping that it was going well because one he lived pretty close by which has been actually hard to find a guy who lives close by to me two um he would talk to me Every day he'd say good morning, he'd say good night, he talked to me a lot, he stayed in touch, he was very honest, he was easy to talk to. I loved that. So the disappointment of realizing that it just was not gonna work out between us, that made it really hard. So then the um the other person that I met up with, the other date, um, was with and I'm sorry to give this uh this code name, um, is <laughs> was Gimli. Um <laughs> For reasons I, I will not say. Um, that did not go over very well at all. Um, he also was very nice via text. Wasn't quite the same, but very nice via text. And uh, and we were kind of like nerding out over like music and video games and stuff. And that was cool. And uh, I met up with him pretty fast. We met in Seattle. I wanted to go to, um, you know, to like an arcade or something because I, I really like going to those. They're a great date spot, and at the very least, I'm like, if I don't enjoy the date, at least I got to play games, <laughs> and I'll enjoy that, so it won't be a total bust. You really wanted to be at a bar. I'm like, okay, well, bars aren't really my thing, and I let him know that. I'm like, and I, I do feel more comfortable here, but if that's where you want to go, we can do that. And he's like, yeah, let's meet at a bar. And, and he did say once, like, I, I drink and I go out a lot, just so you know. I'm like, okay. And so we met up. Instantly when I saw him, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I I already am not feeling it. I'm like, I'm not going to be attracted. Like, first of all, your height, which I'm, I'm not a, a superficial person, and I don't need a guy to be, like, super tall or anything. But he was, I feel like, slightly shorter than me um, and then much wider. And I was instantly like, this is going to be like two beach balls. It's not fun. <laughs> so like, not that I'm a beach ball, but that's what I envisioned in my head. <laughs> I'm just like, like that's not going to work. Um, <laughs> like, I really, I'm, yeah, I wasn't digging it. So <laughs> um, when, 
when I saw him, I was like, immediately like, oh God, okay, well, I wanted to try. I always try. So I, I you know, I went through the di- with the date, especially because I'd driven all the way out there to this bar, which that's literally all it was. It was just like a sports bar and it was dead. I'm like, this is gonna, uh, it's called The Dock. Up in Fremont. Um, I, I'm not really a bar person. I'm certainly not a sports person. So I'm like, I don't know. Alright, cool. It's literally going to be all about you then, bud. Because I'm not going to have any fun here if you're no fun. I, I don't know. Um, anyway. Which, he was nice to talk to. Um, he was a little hard to talk to because he was very closed off. He was even more closed off and shy than I am on a first date, which is saying quite a bit. He had a hard time talking to me. And then he'd get frustrated and he would like, you know, kind of like stutter and and then he would sort of like swear a little bit, which made me a little bit concerned because I'm like, this is literally your first time meeting me. Generally, when you're meeting somebody for the first time, you kind of want to be like, you want to show your best self, you know? You want to present like, here's me at my best. Here's what I have to offer. I I swear like a sailor. Well, I don't care about swearing. It was more the fact that he was getting so frustrated and letting himself get angry over something so silly when this is supposed to be a positive, fun experience. Do you think maybe it was like a speech Um, I, I don't know. But it, it, it was more a matter of um, the level of anger. Again, it was, it was the fact that he was getting frustrated and mad. You don't want to bring this level of negativity to a first date. It's supposed to be a positive, fun experience. If, if our first date, you're being negative, and I'm just, it's just, it puts a, a bad taste in your mouth. You don't want to continue seeing that person. My, my first date with Happy was one of the sweetest, most romantic dates I ever went on. And it was just very pleasant and positive, and we were just nice and just had a good time with each other. That's the kind of date you want to have. You want to have a fun time together. You don't want to get there and he's all agitated. That's not fun for me. <laughs> um, it's not fun for him either, frankly. Um, anyway, the so part of it was he kept on talking about um, how he liked to drink and that he drank a lot. And he kept on saying things like that. I'm just like, all right, so you're, you're quite a drinker. I'm getting that. Also, the fact that you wanted to meet a bar and in, insisted on it, even though I said I'm not really a drinker and I'm I'm not really a bar person I'll, I'll do it if that's what you feel most comfortable with like but that's what he wanted to do and this is apparently the bar that he goes to like after work every day or something I don't know anyway um or a lot but um so on top of that uh he um kept on asking me if I wanted a drink and I had already ordered myself a drink and I said, I'm just going to do the one because I'm a lightweight. This is all I'm going to be able to handle and still be able to drive home. And I need to be able to drive home. He kept on trying to get me to, to get another drink repeatedly. And I'm just like, I don't want another drink. I have to drive home. I can't do that. I'm a lightweight. And I just kept on saying, please stop asking me. <laughs> um, and then there were other things that he was saying, like about like his ex and how she would never talk to him again and stuff like that like that they'd been together for six years and he thought everything was okay but she won't have anything to do with him and I'm like hmm that's a red flag because what did he do <laughs> like what's her side of the story the fact that he started talking about her to begin with on the first date probably not the good thing I don't know that it was necessarily his fault I don't I don't remember who brought it up and I'm okay with 
with talking about your past relationships. It was still pretty fresh for him. That doesn't bother me. You can talk about your relationships with me. It's more of like a, you can't stop talking about your past relationships with me. I think that's the reason why they're, they're, it's, it's frowned upon to do it on a first date. Mm-hmm. Because you're bringing in that bad negative energy and that, you know, that situation into that. That's why you usually wait. You can just wait till the second date, but then, you know. Well, I guess that's where I differ because if, if all you can talk about is the bad part of the relationship that's concerning for me like I don't know it, it just depends on on what you're agreeing to talk about like what you feel comfortable with like if you guys are okay like if I'm talking to somebody and uh, we want to sit there and you know like god you know like this is so hard isn't it and it's like yeah it is really hard and you're just kind of it's almost like you're in cahoots with each other like you're you're like I know how it feels I'm there I went through this oh yeah I went through this oh man that's shitty I I, I totally feel it because it just depends on how you go about it if you just sit there and like bitch about your ex and it's not really warranted that's another thing if it's like a one-sided conversation and you're just complaining and being negative especially right. if you're being really bitter about it one thing is like, I think the reason why I say it, it's, it's probably not true like this, it's always said like bad karma to bring in past relationships like the first date it's because you're, you're spending that date trying to get to know the person that comes to a certain table like your interests and start complete, start building that you know or what you find in common interest-wise, trying to learn a little bit more about them. And I understand the past is part of somebody, mm-hmm. but it's also the past. And that's usually why you should wait. You should wait till like the next date or even the third date to really start getting into that. Because then at that point, you could build that rapport. You could build that relationship and maybe know how to discuss that situation to where it doesn't sound like you're just bitching about your ex. Right. Because that's the problem is it never ever comes it very rarely comes across as I survived it's I'm bitching about my ex and that's never a good way to start you know start a first date yeah I I could see that I think there's always exceptions to the rule and I just think it depends on how you're both feeling about it like I said I'm I'm okay with talking about past relationships I don't think that that's off-limit topic it just depends on like you know, how much time are we spending on this and how negative is it getting and is it one-sided and do you just want to complain kind of thing because it's like frankly like when I was talking about Mr. Irony it's kind of what sort of brought us together and, and made me feel really good about him it wasn't until I I met him and we started talking about our interests that I actually stopped <laughs> liking him <laughs> So to wrap up my eighth podcast episode, I wanted to just kind of mention a couple things and uh, share with you another one of my poems. I did that on, I think, my seventh episode, and I haven't heard anything back, good or bad, so I'm going to assume it's all right. (laughs) Uh, I think one of the important things to mention right now is that I'm doing okay. I've I've had an interesting <laughs> an interesting last half year since I ended my marriage. But all in all, I'm doing pretty good. I I've got a lot of hobbies that I enjoy that I do every single day um, for the most part, um, and that is the hooping thing. I sing and I record myself singing almost every day. I write. I write poetry a lot more than I ever have. I'm, I'm up to almost 40 poems now. Um, 
and I <clears throat> I write lyrics still occasionally. I do need to get back into writing my books. I've had some pretty cool ideas for additional books as well as comics. Um, in fact, there's a, there's a pretty hilarious comic um, that my roommate Blue and I came up with that we were going to, uh, we're legit talking about creating together and it's gonna be about two really weird, quirky superheroes. One that has electric hula hoops that is electrified by her arms and the other one um, is just super charming and also plays harmonica and it amplifies his charming power. So it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I definitely have a lot of creativity within that I am finding outlets for and a lot of energy that I need to release in productive ways and that's mostly coming out through singing and hula hooping. Um, so, so I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm still, you know, single and looking for love and all that, but, but I'm not, I'm not where I was in the beginning where I would go to bed at night and I just felt like I was completely alone in the universe and the loneliest girl in the world. <laughs> I don't feel like that anymore. I still get lonely. Um, but again, I, <clears throat> I've, never once regretted the decision that I made. I'm, I'm very happy with my decision. And Goofy seems to be happy with that decision as well because he is expecting with his new girlfriend. They are actually starting a family. Um, yeah, that's a thing that's happening. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of neutral on it. I don't, I'm not, um, I'm not upset for sure. Uh, I definitely, um, feel a little weirded out by it, but I, I'm happy for him. <clears throat> he seems happy. And uh, and I, I wish all the best for their new family. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention was that I... <clears throat> after my last two dates, I, I, I had a, a night where I was um, upset for a bit about it. Because I, I kept on having these experiences where I would, you know build up this excitement to meet this person and then to be rather disappointed unfortunately with how the meeting actually went <clears throat> and the the disappointments of fuck this is not going to work for me i'm gonna have to start all over again doing that repeatedly that that can be a little defeating um <clears throat> but there's one thing about me um that's not obvious by now is that i i don't really quit. I don't give up on stuff. I don't give on, up on people and I don't give up on me. Even if I'm feeling down as fuck and I'm not really liking myself or I'm having just like a day where I'm like, fuck everything. <clears throat> I get back up and I don't give up on me. And I just want to pass on, don't give up on you. <laughs> um, you, I'm not going to say you're worth it. You deserve better. I'm not going to say that because saying that doesn't really ever help me. One thing that did help me was saying, um, you have value and your feelings are valid and they matter. You matter just as much as the person that you are caring about. You deserve that. Um, there I go saying you deserve it. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's true. Like, you know, that person <clears throat> that you're caring about, that you're taking care of, that you're worried about, how they feel and whether or not you're doing the right things for them. They are just a person who has people around them who care about them 
their feelings matter, but you are also a person who has people around you that cares about you and your feelings matter. It's okay. Um, and sometimes hearing that can, can really help. And it's true. <clears throat> so there you go. And um, I'm sorry about my throat. I, uh, I, ha- I need to drink some water. Um, I always need to drink water. I'm constantly dehydrated. I'm like a freaking desert cat. Um, the, the last thing I was going to do was uh, read a poem to you. And <clears throat> I did not plan this out. Uh, <laughs> go figure. So I'm going to see what I have here and read something at random. I hear my page is flipping, so I'm clearly not prepared. See what I've got. These are really depressing. You don't want to hear that. <clears throat> I'm going to read this one. This one, I when I wrote it, I was in a state of almost petrifying fear and ambiguity. But I'm past that now, and I can now read this without getting upset. Um, For me, this poem was about somebody that I had put a lot on the line for and was not sure if they were going to do the same for me, and it turned out that they weren't. And that's okay because, you know, it it hurt at first, but I'm, I'm to a point now where I am, I'm completely over it. I, I don't even know at this point, like, how it is that I I got to where I was emotionally because looking back I realized that I overlooked a lot of things um love will do that to you anyway this poem is called frozen the ghost has found its way into my heart again ambiguity pierces through to twist my insides certainty bleeds away until it reaches the end the ghost haunts her so into her mind she hides A labyrinthine jungle in the dark lies ahead, as she disappears deep into herself, looking for a door. Does she trust what she feels or what's been said? Can we find a way back to where we were before? My ghost shimmers like a star in the night, blinking in and out of existence in a velvet sky, frozen from the thought of losing my light. An answer must come, will the ghost say goodbye? That is Frozen. And that's uh, one of the nearly 40 poems that I've written in the last half year. I'm pretty proud of that one. I have a couple where I'm just like, eh, they're all right. And then I have a few where I'm like, damn, I'm good. And it just really varies because sometimes I get into a, a rhythm, a flow, and things just come pouring out of me, and they just make sense, and they connect, and, and they look and sound right. And then other times it, it's... I don't want to say forced, but it takes a little bit more doing, and um, and it doesn't flow as well. But but they sit okay enough with me that I go ahead and I I, I say okay, this is this is done. I'm gonna leave it as is. Um, my poetry is one of the few things that I don't sit there and edit and re-edit and redo and all that. Like I, I do a little bit, but um, I I don't do it very much because my poetry I want to be authentic and genuine and raw feeling. I want it to to have that edge of emotion from when I wrote it still in there. I don't want it to be polished. Um, I like it to be a little jagged. Um, so, so that one, I actually didn't do any editing. That's, that's exactly how I wrote it. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that one. <laughs> 
Uh, and that's where I will leave you off with. It was a lot of fun having Elvira come over and having some girl talk. We, we actually did a lot of talking outside of the podcast. That was nice. Um, also talked with Blue about his most recent date. And he is um, very much um, feeling optimistic about this uh, current lady that he's seeing. So I'm very happy for him. So, yeah, things, things are going all right. Um, and I actually have a date later today. <laughs> uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I haven't built up any sort of excitement or anticipation uh, because that's, that's going to be my new rule is I'm not going to sit there and build up for you know days or weeks or at one point it was almost a month talking to somebody before meeting them. I'm going to meet guys much faster so I have the chance to be like, nope, there's no physical uh, connection or attraction and I'm going to cut this one loose before we get too far. I think, I think I've learned my lesson that way. Um, that being said, uh, I've got like four potentials right now, and there's two that I that I am feeling a little bit excited about because I kind of can't help it. But um, I'm I'm not attached to anybody currently. Um, I don't. I'm not. I'm not like where I was with Happy. Happy, I had been talking to for two months, and we had spent over a hundred hours together, and um, and I got kind of attached to him. I liked him quite a bit. Uh, and that still, that still cuts me a little bit, but it is what it is, so. Anyway, um, <clears throat> dang it, I was gonna leave this off on a happy note. Fuck that up. Okay. Yay, smile and shit. All right. <laughs> I will, um, I'm going to end my podcast here, and I'm going to try and commit yet again to doing the podcast a little bit more regularly. Um, I just want to make sure that when I come on and I, and I create an episode for you that I have, um, something interesting to talk about. I could always sit there and just go on and on about myself, but um, okay, well, I, I do do that. That's kind of the whole point of this podcast is to have a safe place for me to talk about myself. Um, but I, I also want to make sure that I actually have something, you know, of, of a recent um, substance, I guess, to to provide to you instead of just going into my mind and getting lost. Although sometimes that's fun too, so you know, whatever. Fuck it. Um, I did mention this is for mature audiences, yes? Uh, yeah, okay. So I'm gonna go now. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I love all you guys. Don't forget, you have value and mwah! Okay.